Chapter 3, Section 2 of Capital, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Capital, A Critical Analysis of Capitalist Production, Volume 1, by Karl Marx. Translated from the Third German Edition by Samuel Moore and Edward Aveling and edited by Frederick Engels. Part 1. Commodities and Money Chapter 3. Money or the Circulation of Commodities Section 2. The Medium of Circulation C. Coins and Symbols of Value That money takes the shape of coin springs from its function as the circulating medium. The weight of gold represented in imagination by the prices or money names of commodities must confront those commodities within the circulation in the shape of coins or pieces of gold of a given denomination. Coining, like the establishment of a standard of prices, is the business of the state. The different national uniforms worn at home by gold and silver as coins and doffed again in the market of the world indicate the separation between the internal or national spheres of the circulation of commodities and their universal sphere. The only difference, therefore, between coin and bullion is one of shape, and gold can at any time pass from one form to the other. Footnote 34 it lies, of course, entirely beyond my purpose to take into consideration such details as the signurage on minting. I will, however, cite for the benefit of the romantic psychophant Adam Muller, who admires the, quotes, generous liberality with which the English government coins gratuitously, the following opinion of Sir Dudley North. Quote, Silver and gold, like other commodities, have their ebbings and flowings. Upon the arrival of quantities from Spain, it is carried into the tower and coined. Not long after, there will come a demand for bullion to be exported again. If there is none, but all happens to be in coin, what then? Melt it down again. There's no loss in it, for the coining costs the owner nothing. Thus the nation has been abused and made to pay for the twisting of straw for asses to eat. If the merchant were made to pay the price of the coinage, he would not have sent his silver to the tower without consideration, and coined money would always keep a value above uncoined silver. Close quotes. North, Loco Citato, page 18. North was himself one of the foremost merchants in the reign of Charles II. End of footnote. But no sooner does the coin leave the mint than it immediately finds itself on the high road to the melting pot. During their currency, coins wear away, some more, others less. Name and substance, nominal weight and real weight begin their process of separation. Coins of the same denomination become different in value, because they are different in weight. The weight of gold fixed upon as the standard of prices deviates from the weight that serves as the circulating medium, and the latter, 
thereby ceases any longer to be the real equivalent of the commodities whose prices it realises. The history of coinage during the Middle Ages and down into the 18th century records the ever-renewed confusion arising from this cause. The natural tendency of circulation to convert coins into a mere semblance of what they profess to be into a symbol of the weight of metal they are officially supposed to contain is recognised by modern legislation which fixes the loss of weight sufficient to demonetize a gold coin or to make it no longer legal tender. The fact that the currency of coins itself effects a separation between their nominal and their real weight creating a distinction between them as mere pieces of metal on the one hand and as coins with a definite function on the other. This fact implies the latent possibility of replacing metallic coins by tokens of some other material, by symbols serving the same purposes as coins. The practical difficulties in the way of coining extremely minute quantities of gold or silver and the circumstance that at first the less precious metal is used as a measure of value instead of the more precious copper instead of silver, silver instead of gold, and that the less precious circulates as money until dethroned by the more precious. All these facts explain the parts historically played by silver and copper tokens as substitutes for gold coins. Silver and copper tokens take the place of gold in those regions of the circulation where coins pass from hand to hand most rapidly and are subject to the maximum amount of wear and tear. This occurs where sales and purchases on a very small scale are continually happening. In order to prevent these satellites from establishing themselves permanently in the place of gold, Positive enactments determine the extent to which they must be compulsorily received as payment instead of gold. The particular tracks pursued by the different species of coin and currency run naturally into each other. The tokens keep company with gold to pay fractional parts of the smallest gold coin. Gold is, on the one hand, constantly pouring into retail circulation and on the other hand is as constantly being thrown out again by being changed into tokens. Footnote 35 If silver never exceed what is wanted for the smaller payments, it cannot be collected in sufficient quantities for the larger payments. The use of gold in the main payments necessarily implies also its use in the retail trade. Those who have gold coin offering them for small purchases and receiving with the commodity purchased a balance of silver in return, by which means the surplus of silver that would otherwise encumber the retail dealer is drawn off and dispersed into the general circulation. But if there is as much silver as will transact the small payments independent of gold, the retail trader must then receive silver for small purchases, and it must of necessity accumulate in his hands. David Buchanan, Inquiry into the Taxation and Commercial Policy of Great Britain, Edinburgh, 1844, pages 248 and 249. End of footnote.
The weight of metal in the silver and copper tokens is arbitrarily fixed by law. When in currency they wear away even more rapidly than gold coins. Hence their functions are totally independent of their weight and consequently of all value. The function of gold as coin becomes completely independent of the metallic value of that gold. Therefore things that are relatively without value, such as paper notes, can serve as coins in its place. This purely symbolic character is to a certain extent masked in metal tokens. In paper money it stands out plainly. In fact, ce n'est que le premier pas qui coûte. We allude here only to inconvertible paper money issued by the state and having compulsory circulation. It has its immediate origin in the metallic currency. Money based upon credit implies, on the other hand, conditions, which, from our standpoint of the simple circulation of commodities, are as yet totally unknown to us. But we may affirm this much, that just as true paper money takes its rise in the function of money as the circulating medium, so money based upon credit takes root spontaneously in the function of money as the means of payment. Footnote 36 The Mandarin Wan Mao In, the Chinese Chancellor of the Exchequer, took it into his head one day to lay before the Son of Heaven a proposal that secretly aimed at converting the Asinia of the Empire into convertible banknotes. The Asinia Committee, in its report of 1854, gives him a severe snubbing. Whether he also received the traditional drubbing with bamboos is not stated. The concluding part of the report is as follows. Quote, the committee has carefully examined his proposal and finds that it is entirely in favour of the merchants and that no advantage will result to the crown. Close quotes. Arbeiten der Kaiserslich Russischen Gesandtschaft zu Peking über China aus dem Russischen von Dr. K. Abel und F. A. Mecklenburg, Erster Band, Berlin, 1858, page 47 and following. In his evidence before the Committee of the House of Lords on the Bank Acts, a, co a governor of the Bank of England says, with regard to the abrasion of gold coins during currency, quotes, Every year a fresh class of sovereigns becomes too light. The class which one year passes with full weight loses enough by wear and tear to draw the scales next year against it. Close quotes. House of Lords Committee, 1848, note 429. End of footnote. The state puts into circulation bits of paper on which their various denominations, say £1, £5, etc., are printed. In so far as they actually take the place of gold to the same amount, their movement is subject to the laws that regulate the currency of money itself. A law peculiar to the circulation of paper money can spring up only from the proportion in which that paper money represents gold. Such a law exists. 
Stated simply, it is as follows. The issue of paper money must not exceed in amount the gold or silver, as the case may be, which would actually circulate if not replaced by symbols. Now, the quantity of gold which the circulation can absorb constantly fluctuates about a given level. Still, the mass of the circulating medium in a given country never sinks below a certain minimum easily ascertained by actual experience. The fact that this minimum mass continually undergoes changes in its constituent parts, or that the pieces of gold of which it consists are being constantly replaced by fresh ones, causes, of course, no change either in its amount or in the continuity of its circulation. It can, therefore, be replaced by paper symbols. If, on the other hand, all the conduits of circulation were today filled with paper money to the full extent of their capacity for absorbing money, they might tomorrow be overflowing in consequence of a fluctuation in the circulation of commodities. There would no longer be any standard. If the paper money exceed its proper limit, which is the amount in gold coins of the like denomination that can actually be current, it would, apart from the danger of falling into general disrepute, represent only that quantity of gold which, in accordance with the laws of the circulation of commodities, is required and is alone capable of being represented by paper. If the quantity of paper money issued be double what it ought to be, then, as a matter of fact, one pound would be the money name not of one quarter of an ounce, but of one eighth of an ounce of gold. The effect would be the same as if an alteration had taken place in the function of gold as the standard of prices. Those values that were previously expressed by the price of one pound would now be expressed by the price of two pounds. Paper money is a token representing gold or money. The relation between it and the values of commodities is this that the latter are dearly expressed in the same quantities of gold that are symbolically represented by the paper. Only in so far as paper money represents gold, which like all other commodities has value, is it a symbol of value. Footnote 37 The following passage from Fullerton shows the want of clearness on the part of even the best writers on money in their comprehension of its various functions. Quotes, that, as far as concerns our domestic exchanges, all the monetary functions which are usually performed by gold and silver coins may be performed as effectually by a circulation of inconvertible notes, paying no value but that factitious and conventional value they derive from the law is a fact which admits, I conceive, of no denial. Value of this description may be made to answer all the purposes of intrinsic value, and supersede even the necessity for a standard, provided only the quantity of issues be kept under due limitation. Close quotes. Fullerton, 
Regulation of Currencies, London, 1845, page 21. Because the commodity that serves as money is capable of being replaced in circulation by mere symbols of value, therefore its functions as a measure of value and a standard of prices are declared to be superfluous. End of footnote. Finally, someone may ask why gold is capable of being replaced by tokens that have no value. But as we have already seen, it is capable of being so replaced, only insofar as it functions exclusively as coin or the circulating medium, and as nothing else. Now money has other functions besides this one, and the isolated function of serving as the mere circulating medium is not necessarily the only one attached to gold coin although this is the case with those abraded coins that continue to circulate. Each piece of money is a mere coin or means of circulation, only so long as it actually circulates. But this is just the case with that minimum mass of gold, which is capable of being replaced by paper money. That mass remains constantly within the sphere of circulation, continually functions as a circulating medium and exists exclusively for that purpose. Its movement, therefore, represents nothing but the continued alternation of the inverse phases of the metamorphosis C to M to C, phases in which commodities confront their value forms only to disappear again immediately. The independent existence of the exchange value of a commodity is here a transient apparition, by means of which the commodity is immediately replaced by another commodity. Hence, in this process, which continually makes money pass from hand to hand, the mere symbolical existence of money suffices. Its functional existence absorbs, so to say, its material existence being a transient and objective reflex of the prices of commodities, it serves only as a symbol of itself, and is therefore capable of being replaced by a token. Footnote 38 From the fact that gold and silver, so far as they are coins, or exclusively serve as the medium of circulation, become mere tokens of themselves, Nicholas Barbon deduces the right of governments, quote, to raise money, close quotes, that is, to give to the weight of silver that is called a shilling, the name of a greater weight, such as a crown, and so to pay creditors shillings instead of crowns. Quotes, money does wear and grow lighter by often telling over. It is the denomination and currency of the money that men regard in bargaining, not the quantity of silver. It is the public authority upon the metal that makes it money. Close quotes. N. Barban, Loco Citato, pages 29, 30 and 25. End of footnote. One thing is, however, requisite. This token must have an objective social validity of its own, and this the paper symbol acquires by its forced currency. 
this compulsory action of the state can take effect only within that inner sphere of circulation which is coterminous with the territories of the community but it is also only within that sphere that money completely responds to its function of being the circulating medium or becomes coin. End of part one, chapter three, section two, C.